CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Hello, my brother, hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. I'm going to be just going through a couple things I want to be looking at coming into the upcoming season to be able to get myself prepared as we only wound up having right around seven or so games that wound up going down on the MLB slate for Thursday, we wound up having a couple of games that wound up getting washed out with the Red Sox and the Yankees, the Seattle Mariners, and the Minnesota Twins. So I'll just be giving you guys a little bit of analytic stock in the second segment. We wound up having a little bit of a jam-packed day on Thursday. So no guests today, but in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer Twitter questions, and you've got one or two ways we are for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, Arable Fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, find that five-star review. Most of the questions pertain to what I wound up addressing on the podcast. Yesterday, the baseball betting show has all of your answers there with regards to reading the spreadsheet. Good stuff like that. So we will be diving into, I'm sure, a lot more questions in future days. Just wound up being a little bit jam-packed on opening day on Thursday. So let's take a look back at everything that we wound up seeing on Thursday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. On the closing total, Cubs versus Brewers, that wound up being a push. But with that said, if you wound up taking this early, wound up getting an under. And the Chicago Cubs wound up being the dog that was barking five before the final. Kyle Hendricks 
Didn't necessarily have great command as he did wind up having three walks in his batsman, but only wound up giving up one run. Now Daniel Norris, he winds up giving up two runs in an inning, but with that said, Cubs were able to close things out. Rowan Wick was able to do a solid job. Did wind up giving up one run in two-thirds of an inning, but Chris Martin, Michael Givens, they combined for a scoreless inning, and save winds up going to David Robertson as the Cubs here on this game. Nico Horner, he winds up getting his first home run of the season off of one Corbin Burns, who winds up giving up three runs over the course of five innings, including that long ball. It was actually Jay Cousins who wound up giving up a run in one and a third innings, and Andy Ashby winds up taking the loss for Aaron Ashby. He winds up giving up one run, one and two-thirds innings. I think I called him Andy the first time around, but with that said, Brewers and their opportunities in this one. The wind was blowing out in Wrigley Field. One of ten with men in scoring position. Christian Yelich, 0 of three. Got to figure that moving forward, the Cubs offense is going to be able to do an okay job for the Brewers. They're going to be really relying upon pitching, so going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting out of those two teams moving forward. Going to be interesting to see how the Cleveland Guardians fare as they wound up trading Shane Bieber with child's gloves and wound up seeing a lot of starting pitchers on Thursday wind up going 80 pitches or fewer as for the Guardians, they wind up losing to the Royals by a count of 3-1. to one. Tristan McKenzie, three innings of relief, gives up two runs. He wound up having Shane Bieber fever give up a run in his four and two-thirds innings and then Brian Shaw, he winds up giving the team an out of the bullpen but for the Guardians. Just not a lot doing on offense. They did get seven hits, but just one of eight with men in scoring position as Zach Greinke gives up one run in five and two-thirds innings. Jake Brent was able to pitch a scoreless inning. Scott Barlow winds up giving two scoreless innings. He winds up getting the win, and Josh Shema, a scoreless third of an inning as the Royals. They didn't get a bunch of hits, just five, but they did wind up going three of seven with men in scoring position to be able to get the job done as top of the lineup with guys like Bobby Wood Jr., Wood Merrifield, did a good job of being able to put back to ball. You wind up having the Pittsburgh Pirates go from right around a plus 180 underdog to a plus 135-ish on the close, and that money was not correct as the St. Louis Cardinals get an easy 9-0 win. JT Brubaker wound up having his struggles on the road last year, north of a 5 ERA, went away from Pittsburgh. Well, he got shelled in this one, giving up four runs over the course of three innings, going deep for the St. Louis Cardinals off of him. That would be Mr. Tyler O'Neill, his first home run of the season. Tommy Edmond, along with Nolan Arenado, will both get their first home runs of the season as well as you wound up having four runs given up by Aaron Fletcher. He wound up going in innings, so... Currently clocking in with a 36 ERA, William Crow was able to give you two scoreless settings. Heath Embry, along with Chris Tran, tripped in there a scoreless setting as well. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, not a lot doing in this one as Wayno, Adam Wainwright, 81 pitches in six settings, all scoreless from there. Nick Wicker and Genesis Cabrera, Ryan Ellsley, all able to give you a scoreless setting. So a Cardinals team that was able to make the postseason last year, they look very solid. A Mets team that's a little bit banged up with Tyler McGill. Getting the opening day start. They actually looked solid. A little bit of a lane, rain delay in this one, but 5-0. Mets able to get it done. Five scoreless settings for Mr. McGill. From there, you didn't mind having Trevor May give up a run in an inning, but Adam Adovino, Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz. All able to give you a scoreless setting up for the Mets. 4-11 with runners in scoring position. Actually, not too terrible for them. They do not wind up hitting any home runs in this one, but Patrick Corbin wound up having a really rough go of it last season. Well, he winds up giving up two runs over the course of four innings, and then from there, Austin Voth. Winds up giving up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. No wind up getting a squirrel setting out of Victor Araneo. I hope I said that one correctly. And then Andres Machado, one and a third innings. He gives up a run before Mason Johnson and Patrick Murphy are able to put out the fire. They don't wind up giving up a run, but still a relatively rough outing there. DK Nation pick up the under and Reds versus Braves is not wind up getting there. As Max Freed, not a good start in his first time out. Six to three. The Reds were able to get it done as Freed. Five runs given up in five and two-thirds innings. 
Bullpen from there was actually relatively solid. Tyler Thornburg, yes, that Tyler Thornburg is scoreless setting. Spencer Strider was able to give you two scoreless settings as well. And Colin McHugh, he does wind up giving up a deep ball in his sort of an inning. It's going deep. That would be Mr. Brandon Drury. He was able to hit his first home run of the season. And Tyler Molly, a guy that wound up having right around a 230 road ERA. One under run given up in five innings. He did wind up having two runs given up by Dory Moretta. That was off of a home run from Austin Riley. But with that said, Luis Sessa, Justin Wilson, Tony Santillan. Oh, it will give you a scoreless setting. So, a solid start for the Reds, who were the biggest underdog to wind up cashing on Thursday. You did wind up having another underdog in the ears of the Diamondbacks, a.k.a. the Stakes, who they wound up seeing the money come in on them. Padres wind up closing right around minus 135 favorite after opening up minus 160. They get it done, 42 the finalized for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was in comeback fashion for them as they wound up scoring every one of their runs in the ninth inning. So, you wind up digging the Padres. This was a little bit of a rough one as the big deciding hit in this one. That would be a Seth Beer home run. Hooray, Beer. First home run of the season for the Arizona Diamondbacks as Mad Bum, Madison, Bumgarner. Not a long outing. Four walks in three innings. Only gives up one run, though. Luke Weaver from there gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. But how about what you were able to get out of Oliver Perez, Noe Ramirez, Sean Poppin. All go between one and a third and one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Joe Manatipoli was able to give you a scoreless setting as well. And you Darvish. Very good start for the Padres. Six scoreless settings. From there, Tim Hill, Pierce Johnson, they combined for two scoreless settings. But then you wound up having Craig Salmon wind up giving up the walk-off homer. And Pierce Johnson was relatively solid for the Padres last season. He gives up three runs. He got as many outs as myself. And what's astonishing about the Arizona Diamondbacks outburst in the ninth inning? All wound up coming without recording a single out. And I thought that this line was wrong. The Houston Astros wound up closing as an underdog for the Angels, and it turned out to be wrong. 3-1 to one to finalize for Houston. You wound up having Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman both get home runs in the eighth inning as... For the LA Angels, bullpen was not really able to help out Joey Otani. Otani gives up one run in four two-thirds innings, but Ryan Tavera gives up back-to-back jacks in this game. That wound up hurting him. Aaron Loop, Austin Warren, along with Archie Bradley, I'll give you a scroll of setting him for the Angels. Not a lot doing with regards to the bats. You wound up having Mike Trout come back. He did not wind up doing a whole lot, a lot for the team. Did wind up having a hit in this one. And then out of the four hits that the Angels had, Matt Duffy wanted providing two of them, so the Duff man was able to deliver, but Phil Maton, Ryan Presley were both able to give you an inning out of the bullpen. Maton does wind up giving up a run, and Hector Neris and out of the bullpen, so the Astros wind up being able to get the job done as you wind up seeing a little bit of intrigue as you wind up having a, I believe, trio of underdogs on Thursday being able to cash. MLB, very much a money line underdog sport, so I do think that that is going to be something to take a look at moving forward. And I believe that the Royals were a little bit of an underdog as well, so that should be able to make it for. We'll end up seeing quite a few dogs barking on Thursday. We shall see if that'll be the case on Friday. As coming up next, just going to give you guys a few minutes of analytics, things I'm taking a look at for the upcoming season as we'll end up cutting this one a little bit short. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like, choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Gee, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Lobby, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Spears. And I just wanted to run through a few things that I was taking a look at for the upcoming season. I wound up cutting this podcast a little bit shorter as I wound up having a bit of a busy day with opening day. We're getting things all situated with regards to the podcast as well. Many of you guys are going to be listening to this on the VEASAN Best Bets feed, so we are going to be getting that all squared away right away, but when it comes to the MLB, in comparison to, I would say, college basketball, I think it's going to be intriguing to take a look at both righty and lefty stats along with home and road splits, as I think that these are going to be very big, like a big reason why I was on the under in the Reds versus Brave game yesterday is because the Cincinnati Reds are a team that they wound up scoring last season about a run and a half lower when they were on the road rather than at home, you're going to find it with a team like the Colorado Rockies, where they were just cataclysmically bad on the road, and they were actually rock solid. That's something that you certainly do want to be taking a look at. Something else that you should be taking a look at as well is how these guys wound up performing towards the back half of last season as well, because you did wind up having quite a few guys wind up getting called up midstream, and some guys out they wound up being able to bust out, have a nice back half of the season. I do think that that is something that is going to be able to help moving forward, along with just guys that they wind up either having big-time struggles on the road or they were able to do a very solid job at home. Like, a big reason why I wound up having a little bit more of an arrow up on the New York Mets with regards to Pete Alonso is that he actually led all of the MLB with regards to home runs on the road last season. Big reason why he wasn't leading the league with regards to home runs overall is because City Field is a park in which it is very pitcher-friendly, so I do think that that is something that is very valid to be taking a look at. I also think that if you're going to be taking my approach, that's taking a look at the full game because I know that many of you guys are first five players. You do want to be taking a look at bullpen ERA. It's a big reason why I do take a look at the full game rather than a first five is because I do think that there is quite a bit of value with taking a look at the bullpen. I think that you get a little bit more of a pure result when you take a look at a full game rather than just the first five because you could wind up having a team wind up having a few bases loaded situations in that first five. They don't wind up busting through. Then they wind up getting into the bullpen, which I do find that being able to gauge bullpen usage is a little bit easier if you just take a look at it game by game. If you're trying to do this like once a week, it would certainly not be something that would be necessarily up your alley. Then you'd probably be wanting to take a look at the first five because you might be looking on the same name, which like Frankie Montas is pitching every single day. He's going to be going for the Oakland A's today, but with that said, I always find a little bit more value in the full game because I do take a look at full game metrics. If you were a first five player, you might want to be taking a look at the F5 metrics, but I also do think that it is very valid to be taking a look at just some of the advanced analytics as well. I've noticed that StatCast, something that the MLB.com website does, does a very good job of looking at things like expected batting average, 
you've obviously got the fielding independent. You've got that on a couple of different sites. But I think that taking a look at guys that might be doing for a little bit of progression slash regression could be able to do you a little bit of good. And I think what else could be able to do you a little bit of good as well is taking a look at some of these guys that towards the back half of the season, as I was mentioning a little bit earlier, were able to peak slash plummet. You wound up seeing someone like a Joey Gallo last season. You wound up having cataclysmically bad second half of the season. I think that that could wind up lingering for the New York Yankees. Meanwhile, Javi Baez, ironically enough, wound up having a very good back half of the season. I was talking about some of these advanced analytics as well. Something that you're able to find on that stat cast is guys that they wound up hitting, and I air quotes here, no doubt home runs. And then there are other guys that they wound up having home runs that would be considered like doubters in some stadiums. That means that some stadiums, the ball would have wound up going out. Other stadiums, not so much. And I think that's something interesting to take a look at as well. How many pure home runs did that guy wind up having? That's a big reason why I do think that someone like the New York Mets' Pete Alonso might be doing for a little bit of a solid season. Meanwhile, maybe someone that wound up having quite a few balls that they very barely wound up getting over the fence they might have a little bit more of a tough time with it. I think that these are things that are very interesting to take a look at. I do think that there is a little bit of something to take a look at against the spread record and against the spread trends as well because I know that there are some of you guys that wind up taking the run line in some games or other of you guys that you wind up taking the money line and the money line only to each your own. I know that many of you guys have been asking me with regards to the spreadsheet, do you wind up taking the money line? Do you wind up taking the run line? You're going to find out in the final segment when I break down these games. There are going to be some games I'm going to be taking the money line on other games that I'm going to be taking the run line on and to each your own in my opinion because there are some very big run line players there are some guys that they wind up taking the money line and the money line only just go with what you feel and go with what's profitable for you don't feel like you have to bet exactly what I do and at the same time if you're feeling very unsure of a game don't Feel bashful if you wind up passing on it. And at the same time, if you're looking for a play, I will do my best to be able to point you in the right direction with that regard. So you've got a lot of different ways to be able to take a look at that. But something that I am going to be taking a look at a little bit more this season with regards to what we were seeing as opposed to past years as well. It's just some of these righty-lefty stats as well. I did a good job this offseason taking a look at some of them, like Flagger Jr. out of his home runs last season, 37 of them coming against right-handed pitching. That is something that does wind up standing out a little bit more. You're going to notice that some of these guys against left-handed pitching, like Cody Bellinger, for example, they were just absolutely terrible. So I do think that that is going to be something valid to be taking a look at. I know that there are some of you guys that you wind up listing very specific trends, like, oh, TMX wound up going like, 8-1 and one on Thursdays or something like that. I think that there is a little bit of a case to be made that some of these sets are, we're going to call it what it is, somewhat useless when you wind up getting into the, oh, the temperature needs to be right here. The wind needs to be right here for the set to be valid. I think that there is a little bit of a case to be made that, man, maybe now you're getting a little bit too specific, but I do think the more information, the better. I know that many of you guys have been asking me what some of my sources are for doing some of this. I guess you got advanced research, like I was saying, the statcast that you've got with MLB.com. I think that it's statsavant.com to be a little bit more specific. That's a very good one. MLB.com itself does a solid job. Even ESPN.com. You're able to find some information there. I'm a baseball reference user, so just wanted to give you guys a couple outlets for the upcoming coming season. Want to making this one a little bit quicker. Want to making this one a little bit quicker. I was in a little bit more of a, I guess you call it scrounge for time on this one, so I should be able to dive into more of your questions a little bit further in future days. I know that many of you guys 
wind up asking them more towards late Thursday night, so I will try to hit those on the podcast tomorrow. Like I said, at GUnit underscore D1 on Twitter. If you've got anything for me, keep in mind, letters DM, it does not matter, or find an Apple Podcast review. I will do my best to be able to get all those answered. But coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you fix and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Wound up having no guests today, a little bit of a rambunctious day, so just wanted to give you guys a little bit of what I'm taking a look at for the baseball season, a few trends from last year that could wind up coming into play as well, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at June underscore 81. How this goes with regards to Las Vegas rotation order in terms of baseball is that National League games come first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games are going to be at the bottom, although today is a little bit different in which the two games that wound up getting washed out yesterday, Yankees and Red Sox, coupled with the Seattle Mariners and Minnesota Twins games, those are going to be at the bottom. So we're going to start with this first National League game, 909-910 on the betting board. Brandon Woodruff is going to be going for the road Milwaukee Brewers, who hit the road. They're going to be facing off against Justin Steele and the Cubs. Cubs with Steele on the mound are finding themselves anywhere between plus 145 and plus 152. And then with the Brewers, you're finding them anywhere between minus 155 and minus 167. Currently not seeing a total anywhere on this game because with Wrigley Field win, you'll notice a lot of bookmakers night before the game, they will not put up a total until the early a.m. And I did want to make it a total on this one, figuring that we're going to have a little bit of wind blowing in. It's not necessarily going to be too rambunctious. I wound up setting my total at an 8.2. So an 8 or lower, going to be taking a look at it over an 8.5 or higher. Going to be taking a look at an under. And with the burst, I'm going to lay up to minus 157 on the money line. We currently have no run lines just because, well, we currently do not wind up having any run totals up. So that is why we don't have a run line price. But anything of a plus 122 or better, so 125, 130, what have you, I'd be taking a look at a burst run line as well. So multiple options here. We're going to be seeing how this shakes out in the morning, but with the Brewers. It is a team in which they struggle a little bit with regards to their offense, but you take a look at who they're facing off against. Justin Seal. I'm not very bullish on him. He did wind up having a 426 ERA last season. Strikeouts per 9 rate is hovering right around 9-ish, and is a guy that wound up doing a solid job of 
being able to just limit hits in general, but a lot of those hits, they wound up flying over the fence. He wound up giving up 12 home runs in about 57 innings last season. His fielding independent was north of a 5, so it was a case in which he was getting a little bit lucky in that time span, and then you take a look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Certainly not a rambunctious lineup, but Andrew McCutcheon's down in the fold. He had a pair of hits yesterday. Lorenzo Cain, Rowdy Tellez, our guys are able to get on base, and for the Brewers, you don't necessarily have big boppers because Christian Yelich, last few years, he has just had a massive fall off with regards to his production. Willie Adams, he's able to give you a little bit of pop, and I do think that Hunter Renfro is going to be able to come around for this team as well, but got to figure that they're going to do better than the 1 of 10 with men in scoring position than they did yesterday, and then you take a look at the Cubs, and you do actually have a little bit of an underrated lineup. Ian Happ, towards the final two months of last season, wound up having a 375 on base, 14 home runs in the months of August and September. You've got Wilson Contreras back and fold. He's a reliable bat. I liked what I saw out of guys like Rafael Ortega towards the end of last season. Frank Schwindel was able to hit above a 300 T.I. Suzuki in his first game was good as well. Now with the Cubs, they did wind up using up quite a few bullpen pieces, though Michael Givens only wound up throwing six pitches yesterday, so he could conceivably come back in this game. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you still have on reserve your main two guys in Devin Williams, coupled with Josh Hader, so that does wind up giving them a little bit of an edge in this game. So with the Brewers willing to lay up to a minus 157 with them, it could wind up turning into a run line play, and I want to make it so that way in eight or lower, we take a look at an over and a half or higher to the under. A little bit of mystery here because the game is in Wrigley Field, so no run lines or totals up at this time. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies are going to be playing with the LA Dodgers. Walker Bueller is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Kyle Freeland going to be on the bump for the Rockies. Rockies are finding themselves as significant underdogs here, finding them as low as a plus 170 and as high as a plus 182. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Dodgers, your lowest price here is minus 190, and if you're taking a look at the high watermark, that's right around a minus 210. This is just a little bit too lofty here. I wound up setting the Rockies at a plus 179, seeing the plus 180s winding up circulating. I'm going to be taking a look at the Rockies in some form or fashion, most likely going to be on the money line because with regards to a run line price in this one, you're going to be finding them a little bit out of whack just because the total is so high with the over. You're finding it at even money to minus 110 with a total of 11 and the under on 11 is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, but you do take a look at the run line in this game and with the Colorado Rockies, you're getting anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. I would need more like a plus 115-ish to be able to take a shot there, so it might, most likely will be a money line play. And you take a look at this LA Dodgers team. Certainly is a bunch of which you do wind up having some very solid offense. You wind up having Mookie Betts, one of the favorites for MVP out there. You really don't have a lot of banged up guys when it comes to this lineup, more or less. The injuries are coming with regards to guys like Tommy Canely, Victor Gonzalez out there in the bullpen, but... Got any of your concerns about Cody Bellinger? Looked absolutely terrible during the spring training portion of the season. Now, you do bring in the Turners. Justin Turner down for what? Trey Turner down for what? Justin Turner, rough spring training. Trey Turner, he looked absolutely magnificent. Max Muncy was able to really tear it up last season, north of 30 home runs for him. So, you know what you're going to be getting there. And for the Colorado Rockies, a little bit of a new look team in that you do wind up having Trevor Story out of the fold. But Charlie Blackman, a guy that on a bidding about 80% of his home runs last season at home, I think that. He's going to be in for a big year. CJ Crone wound up having some great splits at Coors last season. Last season, a guy that in his home games was able to hit right around a 326 with a 412 on base, wound up having at Coors Field 19 out of his 28 home runs as well. So he's able to hit in this ballpark. And with the Rockies, I think it's going to be intriguing to see what we wind up getting on this bullpen as well. As you're looking at Alex Colomay coming in, Carlos Aceves is someone that I've always liked with regards to the team. And Tyler Kinley, it's not necessarily great, but he certainly is a little bit of an upgrade for a Rocky 
Rockies team that was in the bottom five with regards to bullpen ERA. The Dodgers last year, they were second in terms of bullpen ERA, but I did mention some of the injuries. Kenley Jansen, I know that many people don't necessarily have the world's highest regard for him, but still a relatively solid guy that is now out of the fold for the team, so that's going to be putting them eye in the eight ball a little bit, so you're going to be looking at Garrett Clevenger, Justin Rule. They bring in Craig Kimbrell to be able to help things out. But guys that really, in my opinion, overperformed a little bit last season, they're going to need to do so once again. Now, you've got a guy in Walker Buehler who is very rock solid. You take a look at him, and he's been able to do a nice job of being able to limit home runs all throughout his career. In the month of September, did wind up seeing a little bit of a dip in his production, though. I do think that that is important to take a look at, although I will say 308 road ERA, 205 home ERA. So you got a little bit of a split there. Home runs are actually not bad with regards to surrendering that, but... I do think the fact that he did wind up closing out last season with a little bit of a clunker right around a 4-ish ERA in the months of September and October, that is something to take a look at. And I do think that Freeland, a guy that at home has always been very solid at being able to pitch at Coors Field, a guy that last season wound up having a 4-3 and record at home, did wind up giving up 11 bombs and 60 innings, but a guy that does a solid job of being able to command his pitches while at home, I think is going to be able to have a little bit of success in this spot. I did wind up setting this total a little bit lower. I wound up setting it more around a 10.4 just because it is a little bit cooler in Colorado than it is going to be during the summer months. So I'm looking at the under and looking at 180 plus here with the Rockies on the money line. 913-914 on the betting board is my DK Nation pick. Now the San Francisco Giants playing host to the Miami Marlins. Sandy Alcantara is going to be going for the fish. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, it is Logan Webb. You've got the Giants find themselves anywhere between minus 130, minus 140 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the fishies, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130. Total on this game, anywhere between 7 and 7 half. With the 7, over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 7 half, flip it. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when I take a look at this spot, I want to make in the DK Nation pick the San Francisco Giants. Because with the Giants, they were just so dominant when Logan Webb was on the mound. The only game that they wound up losing when he was at home and pitching last season, that would be against the LA Dodgers in the postseason. This guy was just absolutely lights out. They were 22-7 and in his regular season appearances, so he's able to have good command there. And the Miami Marlins just don't play runs for Sandy Alcantara. 9-15 and record last season. Despite having right around a 3-2-ish ERA, the guy is rock solid in my opinion, but... Not a guy that you can necessarily bank on because the offense, they were in terms of on-base plus slugging last season, the worst in baseball. Now, good news is they bring in Ore Soler, the guy that wound up being able to bust out during the World Series. And prior to getting injured towards the back half of last season, Jesus Aguirre was actually leading the National League in RBI in portions of, like, August. I mean, he was able to do a very solid job. You wind up bringing back Brian Anderson, a guy that I've always liked, more of a 250 hitter, not necessarily going to give you a ton of pop, but you've got he... Garrett Cooper wound up being banged up for much of last season. Jacob Sellings is a guy that they're bringing in at the catcher spot. And then Jazz Chislam, someone that wound up being banged up a little bit last year. He's able to give you right around 250. He's got some wheels. But take a look at the San Francisco Giants. Not having Buster Posey out there is going to be a little bit tough. But they retain much of a bullpen that was number one in the league. In terms of bullpen ERA, and I think that they're going to be able to duplicate that once again this year because you've got a lot of these guys that have decided that they are going to be returning. You've got someone like Jose Alvarez, Camilo Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, Dominique Leon, all these guys that were rock solid. They are there for them, and for Logan Webb, he wound up giving up right around a half home run per nine innings while he was at home last season. So 
That's a big reason why the Giants are the DK Nation pick on the money line. I typically don't like to go too far with regards to juice, but I wound up saying the Giants at a minus 166. I think that you've got yourself something that is relatively rock solid. And like I mentioned, even though Pabuzi is going to be out the full, a lot of solid bets are still out there. This is a team that was in the top five in the big leagues last year in terms of home runs per at-bat. Someone like Kateran Ruff, who wound up having 16 home runs in right in the neighbor of 260 plate appearances. Very good platoonator. He is out there. Joey Bart, he wound up having a very nice spring training, having a 440 on base there. He is going to be filling in for Buster Posey for much of this season. You've also bring in Jock Peterson, a guy that's able to hit a couple home runs for you. Thario Estrada was very solid in spring training at the shortstop spot. So I do think that you are going to be able to have a relatively solid lineup here for the San Francisco Giants. And I do think that they are going to be able to provide enough run support for Logan Webb to be able to get it done. I want him setting my total at a 7.2. So I'm looking at the 7S. I'm taking a look at the under and the DK Nation pick. Why go against something that was so profitable last year? We're going to be laying it here with the San Francisco Giants with the DK Nation pick on the money line. And I'm going to be going with this total under. And 15, 9, 16 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Washington Nationals playing us to the New York Metropolitans. Now, this one's a little bit up in the air. But as of right now, we've got Mad Max Scherzer, who's going to be going for the Metropolitans. Josiah Gray is going to be on the bump for the Nets. Nationals are finding themselves as pretty big underdogs. Any 14 plus 150 and plus 160. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Mets, you're going to be finding them between minus 170 and minus 175. Totals anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9. On the 8.5, over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between plus 105 and minus 110. On the 9s, we're seeing a few of those. Under is anywhere between minus 120 minus 125. Over is between even and plus 105. And Assuming that we do wind up getting Mr. Mamak Scherzer, I did wind up saying the Mets as a minus 173 favorite, as we know he is dealing with a little bit of an injury. And if you're taking a look at the run line price in this one with the Mets, you're currently finding them right around even money to minus 105-ish. And in order to take a shot here on the Mets, I would need it to be pretty much minus 110 or better. So this actually checks out. I'll be taking a look at the Mets on the run line. I recognize that this is an offense that's not necessarily too terrific and Max Scherzer is a little bit banged up but I think that he's going to be good to go here in spring training. You've seen all the injuries that he's dealt with year in and year out and still even at his advanced age when he was traded to the LA Dodgers last season was able to pitch his best with the Dodgers in his 11 starts. 7-0 record buck 98 ERA I mean the guy's strikeout per 9 rate was absolutely insane, and his strikeout per walk rate was 11. Meanwhile, you take a look at Josiah Gray, was actually a part of the LA Dodgers organization for quite a while, and was one of the big pieces in the fire sale that the team wound up having, and this guy with good potential, but I do think that it's going to be another rough year for him this year, much like it was last year. Guy that wound up posting up a north of 5 ERA. You take a look at his home and road splits, and well, at home he actually turned out to be worse than on the road with a 623 ERA, and the big thing with him, gives up the deep ball. 19 home runs, give it up in 70 and two-thirds innings, and Backed up by a bullpen that you don't recognize a lot of these guys. Kyle Finnegan has been able to give you some production throughout his career, but you take a look at some of the other guys like an Andres Machado that you're going to be having to rely upon. That's a little bit of an issue. You wound up seeing a rain delay with this game yesterday as well. So going to have some tighter guys out there. Patrick Murphy, Tanner Rainey. You really can't trust in those guys too much. And for the Mets, they did wind up losing a few guys like Aaron Loop, Jersich, Familia from last season. But still, relatively solid bullpen. Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz are guys that you're able to rely upon to a certain extent. Julie Rodriguez, I think, is going to be able to give this team a couple solid innings as well. And then you just 
just take a look at this Mets lineup in general. Francisco Lindor, I don't think he's ever going to live up to what he wound up doing while well, part of the Indians, but back half the season last year, I would say July on was hitting more like a 265-ish. Pete Alonso led all of baseball in terms of home runs on the road last season. Starling Marte of the Marte Parte, one of the best base dealers in all of baseball. They picked up Marcana as well, so got a couple guys who are able to get on base, and then with the Washington Nationals, you actually do have some good power. Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, they combined for about 58 home runs last season. Juan Soto, he's able to hit for average. He's able to hit for power. He draws walks. The guy does it all. Now, the big roll of the dice, when are you going to be able get out of guys like Alcides Escobar, Cesar Hernandez, a couple older guys that are looking to be able to, for lack of a better term, retread their career. I do think that the Mets are going to be able to get a couple deep balls in this game. And I do think that Scherzer, despite the injury, going to be able to look pretty rock solid in this game. I did wind up saying this total at an 8.2. I think that this is going to be a big motivation spot for Max Scherzer going up against his old team with the Washington Nationals. I think that he goes and gives a good start here. So, so my total at 8.2, I'm going under. And with the Mets, I think that they wind up taking Josiah Gray deep. I'm going to be taking them on the run line laying a run and a half. 917-918 on the bang board. The Atlanta Braves going to be playing us to the Cincinnati Reds. We are on to Cincinnati and Riviera San Martin is going to be going for the Red Legs. Meanwhile, one Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are finding themselves anywhere between minus 177, minus 190. Your plus price here with the Cincinnati Reds is anywhere between plus 160 and plus 170. Nine is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 105, minus 120 and the under is anywhere between even at minus 115. And for the Red Legs, I do think that they've got quite a bit of potential here with San Martin. I cannot take them in this spot, though. I set the Braves at minus 193 on the money line. If you're looking at the run line, you're able to get a little bit of a plus place here with the Braves. I'm seeing a lot of plus 105s. I want to make them minus 110 on the run line. So it's a spot in which I'm going to be willing to take the Atlanta Braves on the run line. You saw a little bit of a lower scoring game yesterday, and you've got a Atlanta Braves bullpen that is one of the better ones that you're going to find out there in all baseball. You wind up bringing back the likes of A.J. Minter. They did wind up losing Chris Martin from last season, but he was honestly a guy that didn't necessarily do a ton for them. I do think that you're going to have Kenley Jansen really come into the forefront for this team as well. And then you take a look at this Braves lineup, and it is a lineup that I do think that it is going to be lacking a little bit, especially in the early part of the season, because obviously Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back from injury, and it's a little bit of an issue. He's out for the first couple games of the season. Ozzie Albies, though, we all know what he was able to do last season. A guy that had 30 home runs was able to hit right around a 260. Travis Arnault wound up missing much of last year, but along with being a relatively solid batter, a guy that does a good job of being able to call a game as well. And then you take a look at the Cincinnati Reds, and I think a lot of people are honestly sleeping on them a tad because Mike Moustakis was out for much of last season. Joey Votto wound up hitting north of 20 home runs after the All-Star break last season. Jonathan India was really able to put things together as a rookie north of 20 home runs. Did a good job getting on base. R.E.C. DeSacchino wound up having a historic August a few years ago before falling off the table. So, got a couple boomer bust guys. Nick Sanzel is someone that wanted to be dealing with a little bit of an injury. He should be able to give this team a little bit of a boost this year in the outfield as well, which has always been a trouble spot for the Cincinnati Reds. And then you take a look at the bullpen of this team and got a couple guys I do like for this bunch. They wind up signing Hunter Strickland. He's able to give you some good velocity on his fastball. Art Warren is a guy that wound up having right around buck 29 ERA last season. Buck Farmer, someone that was able to lend a couple solid innings for Detroit last season after having, we're going to call what it is, a little bit of a rough start to his career. But I do think that the Reds pitching going to be able to do a solid job of keeping things out in front of them 
Sam Martin is someone that I actually do like with regards to this upside, but you just take a look at Charlie Morton. Guy is still an ace, even at his advanced age. A guy that's still able to give you north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Someone that at home wound up having right around a three-ish ERA last season. I think that he's going to come in. He's going to be able to give a little bit more length than a lot of these guys that we've been seeing towards the early starts of the season. So I did wind up saying my total at an 8.8. I'm going to be looking under. And with the Braves, I do think that they get the job done on the run line just because I think that the Reds was selling off. Guys like a Nick Cassianos and company are going to have a little bit of a tough time scoring here. So looking at the under and I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves on the run line. 919-920 on the bang board. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be playing us to the Slam Diego Padres. Sean Menez going to be going for the Padres. Meanwhile, you've got Merrill Kelly who's going to be on the bump for the Saints. Minus 140 to minus 150 is your price on the Padres. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Snakes, you're going to be getting them in between a plus 130 and a plus 135.9 to 9.5 is your total. On the 9, over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 105. On the 9.5, flip it. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And with Merrill Kelly, he was like the only guy for about two and a half months last season that could get the Arizona Diamondbacks win, and I do think that he commands a little bit more respect than maybe he deserves as a result. I set this line at a minus 148, especially at a minus 140 like I'm seeing in a couple books. I'm going to be willing to lay with the San Diego Padres because Sean Manet has always been a guy that has been relatively solid at being able to hold up. He winds up getting traded towards the back half of spring training, but take a look at what he was able to do with the Oakland A's. Wound up having right around a 391-ish ERA overall, but a guy that with regards to home and road splits, not too bad. He wound up having a 394 ERA on the road, 390 ERA at home last season with 10 home runs, giving up in 82 and two-thirds innings when he was away from his friendly confines. Strikeouts per nine rate, right around 10 and a half-ish, so he's a guy that's able to come in, give you some relatively solid innings for Merrill Kelly. You take a look at what he wound up doing at home last season. He wound up posting up a 378 ERA, which is good, and I do think that Merrill Kelly going to come in, lend you some solid length, not a guy that's going to give you a bunch of punch outs, but a guy that doesn't necessarily walk a ton of guys, especially at home, but take a look at the bullpen of this team. Ian Kennedy is probably your most I guess you call it rambunctious reliever. Oliver Perez, I think, has came out of retirement at the age of 40 to try to help this team out. You've got Noe Ramirez, Sean Poppin, J.B. Wendelkin, who actually, Wendelkin is not terrible, but I mean, when you're relying upon him as one of your best relievers, it's just not a good place to be. And with regards to the Arizona Diamondbacks, this lineup is not where you want it to be either because you just take a look at so many of these guys, and man, it is a little bit tough. Ketel Marte of the Marte Party, his 14 home runs last season, most of any returning player on the roster. Take a look at some of these guys like a Seth Beer that they wound up giving a start on opening day, Geraldo Perdomo, and they've got guys with a little bit of potential, but guys that they don't necessarily have a lot of pop, they need to winding up seeing some more at-bats in general. And for the San Diego Padres, it's a team that's banged up with Fernando Tati Jr. on the fold. They did pick up Luke Voigt, who led all of baseball in home runs in 2020, but as we know, that was an abbreviated season. Has some Kim, Jerickson, Profar. They've struggled in recent years. I do think that you'll see a little bit of rise up from the 242 that Trent Grisham wound up having last season, but he do have some question marks with his team. Jay Cronenworth is a guy that's able to do a solid job of getting on base, and Manny Machado has been a little bit of a feast or famine player throughout his career. So I do take a look at this spot. I do think that Sean Manea is going to be able to do a solid job in a game that I think is going to be a little bit more defense-oriented. I wound up setting my total at an 8.4. I'm looking under, and with the Padres, I'm going to lay up to minus 147 with them. So I'm looking to lay it here with the Padres, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under. 921-922 on the betting board. The Detroit Tigers are going to be playing O.C. Chicago White Sox. Lucas Giolito is going to be going for the White Sox. 
Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be on the bump for the Tigres. The Tigers are finding themselves as an underdog in the spot, anywhere between plus 105 and plus 116. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the White Sox, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130, and just saw a plus 120 pop on the Tigers as well. Your total is anywhere between 8 and 8.5. And on the 8, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8.5, under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And when it comes to the Chicago White Sox, I did wind up saying them as a minus 118 favorite, so that means that the plus 120 that we wound up seeing pop with the Tigers, that is my buy point on them. I'm going to be willing to take a plus 120 here on the Detroit Tigers. I take a look at Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy that last season was over there with the Boston Red Sox, so in a little bit more of a hitter-friendly ballpark than Detroit is going to be this season, and he had one of the biggest differentials between fielding independent and ERA. Fielding independent was right around at 325-330. ERA was a 474, so it shows you that he wound up getting a little bit unlucky last season, and in his last full season prior to last season in 2019, he wound up leading the American League in walks. He wound up really doing a good job of being able to suppress those. 57 walks and right around 158 innings last season. Now, Giolito actually is a guy with interesting road, home and road splits because his road ERA last year was a 325, 381 at home. Walks have always been a little bit of an issue with him with his walks per nine rate. I'm going to find it right around at 2.8-ish in recent years, but he's been able to do a solid job of keeping the ball in the yard when he's on the road. Nine home runs given up in 91 and third innings away from Chicago last season. And then with the White Sox, this is a team that they've got a pretty solid lineup, but with that said, yes, Bonnie Grandal, for right around a 240 with the guards batting average last year, at a 420 on base. I think that that's just something that cannot duplicate itself. Tim Anderson does a good job of being able to get hits, but not a guy that's going to draw a lot of flocks. Josh Harrison, Jose Abreu are very solid in with Abreu. I mean, the guy does it all. Hit for like a 260 last year, 30 home runs, 117 RBI. Does a great job of being able to drive them in, draw some walks, so I do like his overall game, but the Tigers want to making some good offseason acquisitions of their own. I do think that having Akil Badu for another season is going to be able to help them out. Javi Baez in the month of September last year was honestly one of the best hitters that you were able to find in all of baseball. In that month of September, wound up hitting a 361 with a 441 on base, had five home runs, so he was really able to put it together late in the season. Jamie Ten. The Lario is someone that I think is going to be able to do a solid job of reaching base as well. And then Spencer Torkelson is going to be seeing a lot of playing time right from the get-go. Former number one overall pick. And the Tigers, a lot of people forget, after the All-Star break last season, this was an above 500 team that had an absolutely tremendous bullpen. You were able to get some very good innings out of guys like a Gregory Soto. They now bring in Will Vest, someone that I do like. Jacob Barnes, I think, is going to be able to do a solid job. Even someone like a Michael Fomero they wanted converting to the bullpen. He was able to work out as well. I do think that this this is a Tigers team that their season win total was a little bit undervalued. I think that they're being undervalued in the spot. I'm willing to take a plus 120 on them as I set this money line at a plus 118. And with regards to the total, I do want to say my total at an 8.3. You've got a pair of teams that I think are going to be relatively solid on offense and a pair of teams that I think are going to be okay with regards to pitching as well. Seeing a lot of 8.5s, especially with the juice coming down to 115 on the 8.5, I'm going to be taking a look at an under to go along with the Detroit Tigers. We move on to 9.23, 9.24 on the board. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to be playing us to the Baltimore Orioles. John Means going to be going for the Orioles. Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Rays. Rays are finding themselves as significant favorites between minus 170 and minus 183. Plus price here on the Orioles. It's anywhere between plus 155 and plus 168. 7.5 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to McClanahan, wound up having an absolutely tremendous year last year. And he's going up against a guy in John Means that if you take a look at his fielding independent guy wound up getting relatively lucky last season. He is very 
very much a guy that is not going to get a ton of punch outs. So I did wind up saying this at a minus 213. Now, if you're looking at luckiest teams in terms of batting average last season, the Tampa Bay Rays were towards the top of that list. Nelson Cruz no longer being in the fold for this team. That is uh, going to be a little bit tough for them. But you still take a look at what, having Wander Franco out there. That is going to be very solid for this team. And it's a Baltimore Orioles team that, let's call it what it is. This is a team that they are rebuilding. They are probably going to be rebuilding for like the next 15 billion years. It's just absolutely insane what they are getting there now. Looks like you're probably going to be seeing someone like Tyler Nevin wind up getting some good at-bats this year. Ryan McKenna was someone that last year wound up seeing some at-bats, but he wasn't necessarily too terrific. I am excited to see Trey Boom Boom Mancini, guy that wound up having 21 home runs last season, did wind up missing a few games towards back half of the season, but still was able to do a solid job for this team. Cedric Mullins was able to hit 30 home runs. He was able to hit a 290, so I do like what he's able to bring to the table for the team. Ryan Mountcastle has a little bit of pop in the bat as well, but you're rolling the dice on guys like Chris Owings and company. This is just not a good lineup. And then they wind up trading away Tanner Scott and Cole Solzer, really the only two guys in this bullpen that were able to pitch last season. So that means that you're really going to be up against it when it comes to guys like Felix Batista and Paul Fry trying to close out games. That is not terrific. And though the Tampa Bay Rays, they wind up trading away Awesome Meadows as well. You still have someone like a Yandy Diaz, who's one of the strongest players you're going to find in all of baseball. A guy that does a good job in a little bit of a platoon role. Randy Rosarena, five-tool guy. You wound up having 20 bombs, hit a 275 last season. Very good situational hitter for this team. Mike Zanino, last season, wound up having north of 30 home runs. G-Man Choi is someone that can really put a hurting on the ball as well. So I think that the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that has just dominated the Orioles for many, many years, they're going to be able to do so once again. If you're taking a look at the run line in this game, you're able to find the Rays at a plus 120 to a plus 125. I am all aboard that. I was willing to lay a price with the Tampa Bay Rays. So seeing that, I am going to be aboard the run line. Would rather take that than the money line because I think that this is going to be complete and under domination. So the total 8.2 because I do think that for the Orioles, you're going to see a guy in John Means who wound up having a 362 ERA but a north of four fielding independent and a guy that last season gave up 30 home runs and 146 and two-thirds innings wind up struggling once again. So looking at an over and the run line of the Tampa Bay Rays. 925-926 on the betting board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing against the Rangers. 55 Shades of John Gray is going to be going for the Rangers, and Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays find themselves anywhere between minus 165 and minus 178. Meanwhile, your plus price with the Rangers, anywhere between plus 145 and plus 163, and your total, it is 9.5. With the 9.5, the under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. The over is anywhere between even a plus 105, and I think we've went a little bit too far with this total. I'm going to be taking a look at the under because I did wind up setting it at an 8.8. Now, John Gray is someone that throughout his career has always struggled when he's been away from Coors Field. Just the elevation changes in general. When you wind up pitching for the Colorado Rockies, that's tough. But now being out of that environment, I think it should yield better results for him. A guy that does give up the deep ball. 21 home runs in 149 innings last season. Walks per nine rate. That's hovering right around three-ish. But the Texas Rangers actually do have a couple guys in the bullpen that should be able to hold it down for this team. I do like the fact that you bring in Albert Abreu. Joe Barlow wound up having a sub-1-5 ERA. They've brought back Matt Bush. I am very intrigued to see what you're going to be able to get out of him. He really didn't pitch much last season as he was someone
someone that wound up really being good for the team from like 2016, 2017, and then fell off the face of the earth. He wound up dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, so that was something that made you want to root for the guy. Brett Martin, though, he's able to do a solid job. And for the Rangers, they did wind up bolstering their lineup in the offseason. They wound up making a few big acquisitions as Marcus Simeon, the former Toronto Blue Jay, wound up hitting 45 home runs for the team last season. He's making his very, very sudden return, and then you wind up having Corey Seager get out there as well, a guy that is able to give you north of 30 home runs, nearly 300 batting average on a year-in and year-out basis, so that should really be able to elevate this team, and then you take a look at the flip side for the Toronto Blue Jays, and I do think that the bullpen is going to be a little bit better this year. They wound up addressing that a lot at the trade deadline. Tim Meza is someone that is able to give you some solid innings. Taylor Saucedo, I think he's got some upside. Julian Merriweather is someone that year-in and year-out has been relatively solid for the team along with Adam Simber, and for Mr. Barrios, you take a look at what he was able to do after the trade deadline last season with the Toronto Blue Jays, and he was relatively solid. Didn't necessarily light the world on fire, but you'll certainly take a 5-4 and four record with a 358 ERA, a guy that, with regards to a strikeout to walk rate with Toronto, it has been a 6 throughout his career, so that is going to be able to help out this team, and you take a look at the Blue Jays, just completely stacked. George Springer was injured for much of last season. Having him back out there for a full year, that's big. Bo Bichette is someone that could give you 30 home runs this season. Flagero Jr., 48 bombs, 310 batting average, a guy that does a great job getting on base. Even Teoscar Hernandez had 32 home runs, 116 RBI last season. Santiago Espinal does a good job of being able to get on base. All your catchers like Alejandro Kirk and company. That is a spot that has been shored up a little bit more with Kirk being a good bat for you. So I just take a look up and down the board for the Blue Jays. I do think that they're going to be a very dominant team this year. I'm going to lay up to a minus 168 on the money line with regards to the Toronto Blue Jays. If you're taking a look at the run line, though, you're finding that more around a plus 110 to a plus 115 here with the Blue Jays. I needed anything above a plus 108, so the plus 110 to plus 115 would rather take the run line rather than the money line because you are dealing with a high octane offense, so I do think that Barrios is going to be able to do his part to be able to keep this total under. Semi-total at 8.8, so diving under and taking a look at the Blue Jays on the run line. 927, 928 on the bang board. The LA Angels are going to be playing us to the Houston Astros. Jake Odorizzi is going to be going for the Strohs, and Reed Detmers is going to be on the bump for the Angels. A couple of books have this off the board because it was looking like it was going to be Patrick Sandoval. Detmers is coming in at the last minute. A lot of books wound up opening in this game anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Do note that with the pitching change, we could see this get out of whack a little bit more. And with the Houston Astros, you're finding them anywhere between even money and plus 110, and your total on this game is anywhere between 9 to 9.5 on the 9 over is minus 115. The under is minus 105 on the 9.5 over and under are both at minus 110. So we're seeing a little bit of transition here. And if you got Reed Demers out there, I think that the Astros should be more like a minus 150 favorite. The Angels being like a minus 120 favorite. This makes no sense whatsoever. I recognize that Reed Detmers has some upside. A guy that in future years could be relatively solid. And even with Patrick Sandoval, I was setting the Astros as more like a minus 140 favorite. So, I mean, whether you get Sandoval or you wind up getting Reed Detmers, I have no idea where this line is coming from. The Astros are the best team with regards to not striking out at the plate. You've got so many guys that are able to put bat to ball. Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, the list goes on and on. Alex Bregman. So, I mean, these guys are great. And for the Angels, they've got one of the worst bullpens in the big leagues. They wind up starting Archie Bradley. whoop he stink and do But Jimmy Ergo is someone that you can't necessarily trust. And Aaron Loop did wind up having right around a 1 ERA last season with the Mets. But 
I think that there's going to be a fall off there. Jose Quijada, not necessarily terrific. And then you've obviously got your two big boppers who I think are going to be in for a big year. Mike Trout along with Shohei Otani. These guys are absolutely tremendous. Both guys, I can see them going off for both right around like 40 home runs and hitting north of a 275 for Otani, north of a 300 for Mike Trout. But Anthony Rendon spent a waste of money in his time with the LA Angels at this point. You take a look at his two seasons and he has hit a combined right around like 265-ish has been able to provide 15 home runs in 110 games. It's just not been working out for this team. They have guys like Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, David Fletcher getting at-bats for the team. Max Stassi, someone that I think has a little bit of an upside. He did wind up having a home run every about 22 or so at-bats last season, but I think that's going to be a little bit rough. And for the Astros, they've done a good job of being able to address a bullpen. Ryan Presley at a 225 area last year. Now they're going to be looking to Ronald de Jesus Barranco to try to give you some innings. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a roll of the dice, but Pedro Baez, good by-low sort of guy. I think that he's going to be able to be a solid for this bullpen. Even someone like Blake Taylor say we give you some solid innings as well. Back behind the dish, Martin Maldonado is really the only guy on the team that is unable to hit, and he does a great job being able to call a game. Jose Siri, Kyle Tucker, these are up-and-comers out there in the outfield as well. So I think that this should be some domination from the Astros. Did wind up saying this total at a 9.3 because I do think that Odorizzi is going to be able to give you a relatively solid start. With Jake Odorizzi, certainly was a guy that was a tad bit uneven last season, but you take a look at it, despite the 421 ERA, a guy that did a very solid job of not necessarily getting too frazzled, and a guy that, on the road, wound up allowing opponents at just a 233. Big thing was he wound up giving up 11 home runs and 57 and two-thirds innings. Take a look at some of the advanced numbers. He got a bit unlucky, and I think that that is going to reverse itself as well. So, looking at the Houston Astros on the money line, so my total at a 9.3. At a 9, I'll be taking a look at an over. 9.5, more of an under. 9.29, on the banging board. The Philadelphia Phillies going to be playing us the Oakland A's. One, Frankie Montas is going to be going for the A's, and Aaron Supernola is going to be on the bump for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies refine themselves anywhere to minus 170 and minus 179 favorites. And with the A's, you're finding them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 165. With this one, it is becoming a buy point on the Oakland A's. I set them at a plus 163. So now that we've gotten to a plus 165, I'm going to be willing to take a shot on them. Frankie Montas, I feel like is being a little bit undervalued. A guy that has been a bit up and down throughout his career. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but as the opening day starter, I think that he's going to come in and hold down the fort against a Philadelphia Phillies team that I'm actually relatively high on, but take a look at Montas. Home runs per nine rate last season was a little bit below one. Was able to do a good job with regards to his command as well. Right around 2.7 walks per nine innings, 340 road ERA with 11 home runs, giving up an 87 and third inning. So, pitch very well away from Oakland. And with the ace, Lou Trevino, not necessarily an ideal closer, but a guy that is able to give you some solid innings. Say, Elise Carrera has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, so that leaves him a tad bit depleted with regards to the bullpen. But Sam Mall is someone that I do like for the team. Kirby Sneed, I think he's going to be able to come in and do some solid work. And AJ Puck, I'm very bullish on his upside as well. Wound up having a rough season last year at the big league level, but get with some really good stuff. And you take a look at this Oakland A's lineup and it does leave quite a bit of something to be desired. The Mats, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, both out of the fold, but I would argue that Matt Chapman was a little bit of a liability with regards to him at the plate. Sam Noisy wound up having four home runs out there in spring training, more than the three that he wound up having all of last season. I'm not sure if that's necessarily duplicable, but he wound up having a good season at the minor leagues last season. Now, Christian Pache, not necessarily bullish with him with the bat, but a very good fielder. Tony Kemp is someone that I think is going to be able to get on base with Elvis Andrews. Andrews had a 243 batting average last year, but if you look 
look at expected batting average, he was one of the most unlucky players in all of baseball last season. Not a guy that's going to supply a lot of home runs, but I do think that he's going to be able to get on base. You got Billy McKinney, who was with like 35 different teams last season out there. I think that he, Chad Bender, are going to be able to give you some professional at-bats as well. And then you take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies. They didn't wind up addressing the bullpen. Finally, they wound up doing that as you've got Craig Canable who's able to close out games for this team. I do like what you're able to get out of Jersey Familia when he's not in a closer's role. Brad Hand should be able to give this team some good innings, but you do take a look at Aaron Ola. Once again, a guy that wound up getting very unlucky last year. At a 463 ERA, but more around a 335 fielding independent. A guy that at home wound up giving up 11 home runs in 81 and two-thirds innings, but for his career, is that an ERA about a point lower at home than it has been on the road, but I do think that this is a case in which you're going to have the Oakland A's do a solid job with regards to their pitching. I think that Frankie Montas and Aaron Nola both wind up giving some very solid starts, so I did wind up saying the total at a 7.8. This is a case in which Philadelphia towards this time of year, not necessarily so odd either, so I do think that the bats are going to be a little bit cold for the Philadelphia Phillies. You still do out, out there JT Ryumito. He's been a little bit of a touch-and-go guy. I feel like he might be a tad bit overrated. It right around 265, 17 home runs last season, but someone that he can strike out quite a bit. Alec Bohm has never really been able to develop for the team. Reese Hoskins, I like his overall game. 27 bombs hit right around 250 last season, despite the fact that he missed the month of September into October as well. So that is going to be a big boost for the team along with Bryce Harper, Nick Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber, all these guys that hit for power. But with regards to the Philadelphia Phillies, you're going to need guys like Didi Gregorius to be able to get on base, to be able to turn those solo shots into two to three run home runs. And I'm not sure if this team is going to be able to do so, especially opening day. I think that there's some good value here with the A's going to be taking them on the money line to go along with this total under. Now we hit the two games that wound up getting washed out yesterday. 931-932 on the betting board. The New York Yankees are going to be playing out to the Boston Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for the Sox and Garrett Cole is going to be on the bump for the New York Yankees. Yankees find themselves between minus 157 and minus 170 on the money line. Meanwhile, those price with Boston. Anywhere between plus 145 and plus 155. 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8.5, unders minus 115. The overs minus 105. On the 8, overs between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even and minus 110. And this is a case in which I did wind up saying the Red Sox at plus 143. So, going to be one to take a shot here now with Nathan Eovaldi. He does wind up giving up more home runs when he's on the road rather than at home. But this is a guy that is a rock-solid pitcher. Has been for the last few years for this Boston Red Sox team last season. Wound up giving up just 15 home runs in total in 182 and a third innings. Walks per nine rate, sub two. He's going to go out there. He's going to be able to give you a good performance. And for Garrett Cole, we wound up seeing it towards back half of last season when the sucky stuff wound up getting banned. You wound up seeing a little bit of drop-off with regards to his numbers. A guy that at home performs very well. Wound up giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate was hovering right around two, but... In the month of September last year, 513 ERA has always had a little bit of a tough time with Boston as well. Last season, in four starts against the Red Sox, 491 ERA. It's a team that seems to have his number just a little bit in. With the Red Sox, there's just no pauses that you're able to have with this lineup. Even guys like Kevin Polowiecki and Christian Vasquez behind the dish. These guys are solid. Xander Bogarts, a guy that is able to hit right around at 300 north of 20 home runs from Rafael Devers. 38 bombs, 113 RBI, 280 batting average. He's terrific. Now, Jackie Bradley Jr., if you wind up seeing at-bats, he has not been great for the team, but J.D. Martinez, he's a guy that is able to go deep on any at-bat. 30 bombs, 280 batting average. Last season, Alex Verdugo, Kike Hernandez, these guys are able to do a solid job of 
getting on base and occasionally could provide a little bit of pop as well. Now, they are going to be missing Josh Taylor for this game. He's on the injured list, so that depletes the bullpen a little bit, but still have Garrett Woodlock, a guy that was tremendous last season. I expect a little bit of regression from, but still a guy that you're able to rely upon. Jake Diekman is solid for this team as well. They bring in Matt Stram here at Cousins Automata, is a guy that wound up having right around a 3-ish ERA last season. And for the Yankees, bullpen is all over the place. World is jamming. After the middle of June, wound up having a north of 6 ERA last season. Got a very feast for famine lineup. Joey Gallo is a guy that's going to strike out 200 times a season but give you 40 home runs. Aaron Judge is a guy that is going to strike out a lot. He'll probably give you right around 35 bombs, a 280 batting average. Anthony Rizzo, I do think it's very good both in the locker room and at being able to just give you professional at-bats as well. One of the best at being able to draw a walk in all the big leagues, but with regards to the Yankees, I do fear that they're going to have the kids' gloves on Garrett Cole. We wound up just seeing it yesterday. A lot of these guys did not wind up giving great starts. And from there, you've got guys like J.P. Sears, Clark Schmidt. Chad Green is a relatively solid reliever, but he has his ups and downs as well. Clay Holmes not necessarily feeling that bullpen. And I think that that lends a lot of value here to the Red Sox. So I'm going to be taking a look at the plus price here with the Red Sox. I think that you're going to have a relatively low-scoring game, number one. But I think the eights are just a little bit too demonstrative. At eight, looking at it over semi-total 8.2 and going to be taking a look at the plus price here with the Boston Red Sox and we wrap things up with 933 and 934 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins going to be playing against the Seattle Mariners. Robbie Ray goes for the M's. Meanwhile Joe Ryan is going to be on the bump for the Twins. Relatively pick'em game here with the Seattle Mariners. You're finding them anywhere between even money and minus 110 and with the Minnesota Twins anywhere between minus 102 and minus 110. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 7.5. Over is minus 120. The under is even and on the 8. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110, and when it comes to the Seattle Mariners, I do think that you've got some sell value here when it comes to Robbie Ray. Now, Robbie Ray, prior to last year, he always had an issue with walks. For his career, was having more than three and a half walks per nine innings, was able to rein it in a little bit more this past season. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to duplicate that, but Joe Ryan has a small sample size, a very good small sample size, but small sample size regardless. He gets the opening day start after just five career starts. Absolutely tore it up at the minor league level, but a guy that did wind up giving up four home runs in his 20 six and two-thirds innings in the five starts he wound up seeing a season ago now with the Minnesota Twins. Got to be very bullish on this team with Carlos Correa coming in. A guy that last season with the Houston Astros, 26 bombs, hit a 280. Guy is one of the better hitters that you can find in all of baseball, but Miguel Sano, he's able to hit 30 home runs for you, but 225 batting average, not a guy that is going to necessarily do a great job of being able to move the needle. It's a home run or a bust for him as he struck out over 180 times last season. The addition of Gio Urshela is good because Luis Arias has been dealing with a little bit of an injury for this team, so they need someone to be able to get on base for them. And then you take a look at the Seattle Mariners team and what really made them so specialized here was the bullpen. And you wind up bringing back a lot of these guys. Someone like an Eric Swanson, Drew Steckenrider were very solid out there in the bullpen. Matt Festa, I'm not sure what to necessarily expect out of him, but even Anthony Machevich was able to give you solid innings. You don't mess with the Yohan Ramirez wound up being able to produce late for this team as well. And then you take a look at the lineup. It was brutalized here. The Seattle Mariners were in the bottom five with regards to batting average, but you do bring in some reinforcements to be able to help out with that. A 300 hitter last season and Adam Frazier. You should expect a lot more out of Jared Kelnick who wound up hitting a buck 81 last season, but after he got sent down to the minors, actually played significantly better the second time around. You take a look at what we wanted doing in the last 30 days of the season. And more of like a 240 with a 327 on base. Abraham Toro, after he wanted getting traded away from the Houston Astros, he was able to produce for this team. Hit north of a 250, was able to provide a couple of home runs 
I think that Dale Moore is going to be able to develop a little bit more as well. And then Tom Murphy, you need to get more out of him at the catcher spot because they wound up training away Omar Nervias a few seasons ago in 2019. This guy was rock solid, hitting a 275 with 18 home runs. This last year, hit a 202, still had a 300 on base, so he was still able to draw his walks, but got to expect him to be a little bit better. And then Lewis Torrance was also at the catcher spot. He's able to DH as well. Should be able to give the seams to pop a lump. And Eugenio Suarez, who had 31 home runs last season with the Cincinnati Reds. So I do like the Mariners. I think that their bullpen a little bit better than that of the Twins. So the Twins, they wound up having actually a top 10 bullpen out there last season as well. Ralph Garza was able to give the team some relatively solid innings while he was with the organization. He has since gone though, so they're going to be looking to Jarrell Connor Al Carla is able to give you a couple decent innings. They picked up Emilio Pagan, which I'm not sure about that. The main part of that trade was Chris Stratton because Pagan, he gave up more than two home runs per nine innings. Caleb Theobar, a little bit of a roll of the dice. I'm not necessarily bullish on this bullpen. I think that that could be the difference in this game. Willing to take the Mariners here. I feel like they should have been more like a minus 115 to minus 120 favorite. So, going to be taking a look at them. Semi total at an 8.8 as well. I recognize that it is Minnesota, but I do think that Ryan is going to be giving up some rockets. So, looking at the over and looking at the Mariners. And that'll wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever, have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline, and the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, terrible fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. We're coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.